chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0. Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome to episode 323 of the Ghost Goal Podcast. We retreated to a feast of football this weekend um, with an amazing game uh, between Liverpool and Manchester City um, that did not disappoint in one bit. Arsenal were cooled off this weekend as well uh, with a nil-nil draw with Brighton. Torrential downpours can do that. Manchester United kept up their uh, erratic form with a draw against Everton. Uh, And finally, Chelsea went back to winning ways with a 3-1 win over Southampton. This is Javier here with Alex on a uh, nice, nice October day. How are you doing today, Alex? I'm good. I'm, I'm not as mellow as you. Uh, Want to up the energy a little bit? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It, I was trying to like think of like what I was going to say in the intro, oh, yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. trying to. I couldn't tell. And, and I, you know, I, w- I was just I was just like trying to piece it all together. I mean, so it, I, I, that's why I was. Javier, you know, else, I wasn't as energetic. Who else would as understand usual. your plight more than me? Uh, the one who usually is just like, let me just focus. Yeah, on you the, usually do the intros exactly. The so one big was, game this was, week because I mean, this right. weekend there's like so too much to you know focus in on just one thing there was just shit going on across the league from saturday through to sunday sunday like was possibly a more packed schedule of games than even saturday and that's you that's usually when they load up the fixtures is on saturdays but we got treats on let's 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 start in chronological order oh do we have to early 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 saturday morning is that not no 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 no. well is that not early for you come on it, it, it okay okay you know what you're right let's not talk about let's not talk about boring united I mean, it's let's, game let's of the season so far is- you're right it was an amazing game i mean there was drama there was yellow cards should have been red cards the result was 2-2 in the end which i mean i, I was definitely leaning toward a draw and then you know you kind of pushed me to toward the city win by saying that liverpool were gonna win uh but we both kind of were were saying that we both thought that a draw was very possible here and I don't know if on the runoff play it's a, it was the fair result but for a neutral it was a, an amazing game and you know we saw two amazing goals from Liverpool you know Mane uh, with a with a great finish in the 59th minute after Salah slipped him through a beautiful beautiful assist and then Phil Foden who absolutely ransacked James Milner on that uh, left wing for Manchester City gets gets a, the equalizer in the 69th minute, um, and then we see definitely what's going to probably be the goal of the season in Mohamed Salah's uh, go ahead goal. I, like, do you think it's unreasonable to say it's going to be the goal of the season? Like, <laughs> no, uh, not at all. Yeah, there's no <laughs> way some someone's going to beat shit. that. <laughs> right, that no was, one's beating that. No one's beating insane. that in the 76th minute. Yeah, that was insane. He's the best player on the planet right now. I think has to be said. 
Um, he has nine goals in nine in, in nine games in all competitions and like three or four assists. So, uh, you know, no one's no one's close to that. Even I think just Lewandowski. And then uh, De Bruyne five minutes later gets the equalizer in the 81st minute. And in between that De Bruyne and that Salah, uh, when Liverpool were up two one, James Milner put in a. I think it was just before uh, the two one goal. It was just before Crunchy. Salah. Oh, maybe scored. it was just. You're right. It was just before Salah scored. It was one one. Because Milner the time. was part of the build up, and then right after. Yes, he was, and then they took him off right after the goal. Right. You're right. Um. So there was a crunching tackle. I mean, it was the clearest yellow card you'll ever see. It, there, no one, no Liverpool fan will ever deny that that was a yellow card. And it was just not given to James Milner because he already had a yellow card and would have had to send him off. I think that's just completely unacceptable. I know that like. Yeah, Paul Tierney, the referee. You could say you could say you could say that you could say that Liverpool was at home or whatever, but that shouldn't that shouldn't just give the referee a free that shouldn't just give you like a free get out of jail free card on on a on a hundred percent call that everyone in the stadium, everyone on TV, and everyone on the pitch knew was ascending off. I mean, you can understand why Pep went absolutely berserk on the sideline and got a yellow card, and it didn't make sense to me. And to me, it kind of it kind of spoiled. The rest of the game, I know the rest. Of, like the ama- amazing stuff happened yeah, after that. Spoiled and the rest of the game for me. That, like that, dude. That's just well, part of it, when you go to Fortress Enfield. As you're an away team, you just know you're going to get screwed over at some point, and you just know that you have to take whatever chances you can create. And Manchester City, yeah, but City they, overall, City overall, they dominated the game. Like they deserved okay, no, to no, win no. the game. You can't, you can't say they dominated the game. They dominated the first half. The second half, very clearly, the tide had turned before even Firmino was brought on, and you know helped Liverpool for a good, even more. for a good, yeah, for a good twenty minutes. But then, uh, for the last twenty minutes yeah, of the second half, Liverpool City dominated again. So Liverpool on, but... had a run of twenty minutes, which you, of course, are going to expect to have at Anfield. Liverpool are not going to ever get completely shut out of a game. But what Manchester City did to that, Liverpool in the first you, you half, you expect that from Liverpool, like especially Manchester City do, especially and. You know they played a super attacking lineup with Jao like, Cancelo like, at I'll left say, back. I'll say this. I'll say they this. Paid Liverpool the price played by Jao Cancelo being skinned by Salah on multiple occasions for both both goals. So they made a decision, and they have to live with the consequences. That if they don't take all those chances in the first half, they're they're, they're not going to win at, at Anfield because in order to create that many chances, you have to give up something at the back, which will leave you know Allison Salah made and Mane like to three score world, three world class saves in that first half that. You know, kept it at zero zero, and I mean, it was incredible that the game was zero zero at halftime. But you kind of knew that Liverpool were going to make you pay. You know, you're not going to miss all those chances, one v ones with with the keeper. And I mean, Foden finally buried the third chance he got, and you know, for me, was still probably Manchester City's best player along with Bernardo Silva. But I mean, we we no talked about Rodri. them. Rodri basically we, we has talked a about goal. them. By uh, by blocking. You're right. Fabinho's that was shot. pretty. That was an insane block. Like, in, like, he's the just been quietly minute, going yeah. about his business, just like locking up Chelsea and fucking Liverpool in consecutive weeks, and <laughs> no one's giving him any praise. Yeah, he's yeah. He, I just want to give him a, a mention because that that block was like right at the death too, right at the end. But City were City were phenomenal in that first half. I mean, yeah. I know that it was nil nil, but they just Liverpool didn't do anything. They didn't have a sniff. They didn't have any shots. I mean, I've never seen Liverpool be so dominated in, in, a, in a half of football at Anfield in a, as big of a game as this. But then they responded very well in that second half. You know, uh, like you said, when Firmino came on, um, when they brought on Gomez for a bit, took off Milner, 
you know, I know that it was 2-1 at that point, but you know, you could tell Gomez, I don't know why Gomez didn't start from the beginning, but he was a lot more of a I don't know. I kind of I, I, I mean the the one major highlight that Gomez is involved in in the game is the 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 2-2 equalizer where I forget who it was that plays the ball in behind to the left wing to Foden, but Gomez steps up from where he was about in line with the rest of the back four, and he steps up into midfield for some reason, and he just leaves space behind for Foden to run onto that drifted ball. So, I mean, he obviously went on to cross it, and then De Bruyne finished, but it was just like an initial small mistake that that you can kind of put down to he hasn't been playing like at all recently. So... You know, inserting him into a game as big as this when they had just gotten like more, like we said, one of the goals of the season. Yeah, that's fair. Like Liverpool teams of past, I think, like have the defensive fortitude to hang on and, and win that game, even though they're kind of being outplayed. So, I, I don't know. That, 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 I think Liverpool will be kind of kicking themselves that they didn't win at least one of these two games at home early in the season with Chelsea and Manchester City. They walk out with two draws. The Chelsea game, they played the entire second half a man up and only really created like one chance of note against Chelsea. And the Manchester City game is probably a more positive performance because of how they were being sort of dominated in possession, but they still were being dominated in possession. uh, Yeah, well, no, I mean, they just... Liverpool didn't play well. They weren't at it. Their midfield got completely outplayed. You know, they they completely relied on the world-class Sadio Mane. But City have been doing that to a lot of good midfields recently. Like... Well, that's what I'm saying. Bernardo and Rodri. That's why. And, that's why yeah. I mean, what City did, like that. That also that uh, that Bernardo Silva run where he took out like six different players and and put uh, Van right. Dyke and and played the ball through uh, the Foden like, who had his and played the ball save. through the Foden who yeah who 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 missed a one v one chance. If Foden had scored, it was that, the best that chance of been, the first half. I think that would have been as good as as a goal as Salas, if not better. Like ah, uh, that was th- that game really did have everything. It had drama. It had. All Cards, it was missing was a red card, goals. which, by the way, we can't blame VAR for that red co- for that uh, lack of decision there, because in a situation where it's a second yellow situation, like it was for Milner there, it's down to the referee only, unless there's a chance of it being given as a straight red, which I don't think anyone's claiming that it was definitely a straight red. I think everyone agrees that that Milner... <laughs> I don't know if you can even t- call it a tackle. Like Bernardo would just nick push the ball past him, was about to run by him, and Ber- then Bernardo smashed his Milner head into just the like ground, and you saw his, his like, yeah, like yeah, it's definitely like, a yellow. that was it's really dangerous. Yellow. And yeah, th- you, I know we're coming back to that recycling a little bit, but you're right. There, there's there's no way a referee can be, especially Paul Tierney, who I don't know why he's me- he's refereeing a big game like Manchester City Liverpool, but I guess that's the best the FA has to offer recently. It's not impressive. Neither is Anthony Taylor. I'm so sick of these referees, man. We'll, we'll get to it in our game, the Chelsea game. But <laughs> Oh, by the way, one th- more thing I want to mention about this game before we move on. I don't know if you're ready to yet or not, but the celebration from Pep Guardiola on the equalizer, the De Bruyne equalizer, I think it obviously has a lot to do with his protests for the lack of second yellow and, you know, plenty of other stuff like conceding twice before that even. But his emotion and like how fucking raw and intense Pep Guardiola just like let out this huge roar with like two clenched fish like Tuchel does uh, I, I was there like oh shit yeah Pep understands how big that goal is like <laughs> oh no is our city awake now I'm just kind of thinking like they've gotten their two toughest fixtures done in the same week 
and they didn't. But and they like, you realize how well it. they played in those, right? Like, and they played well in both games. Yeah. So they they like if they if they had had if they'd finished a couple more of those huge chances that they had against both Chelsea and Liverpool, we'd be talking about them as you know rhino runaways for the title. They were they're going to dominate the yeah, league. But this so. comes back to the the trend with them. They're they're not as you know ruthless. Yeah, but City as they always need to do be. this. They will get they there. Always, I agree. Not at the beginning of the season. Exactly. Give them a month or two, and they're going to be destroying teams five nil. Like you can see the makings of it right now. You can they, see they what's need going to figure to out who their primary false nine player is going to be because they tested out Jack Grealish a fair amount there, and even Raheem Sterling a little bit when he came on, and it just it doesn't look right for either of them. Like no, but Jesus playing. Once Jesus, Jesus plays like he, right wing for them. He played really well, yeah. And then Foden's back, and he wants to play left wing. So Grealish, I guess, has to play in midfield, and maybe De Bruyne plays in that false nine role. He killed Chelsea there, and the, when they beat us three one at Stamford Bridge back in January. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of different things. You, Ferran Torres. We haven't even seen Ferran Torres recently. Like, there's so many options for Manchester City that were doing well just a few weeks ago and aren't really part of the fold right now. So. Yeah, it's scary to see them heating up like this. Um, We're not, like we haven't seen Gundogan. Oh, yeah, he God hasn't done it. anything. You're not even like you have. We haven't even seen him in the team. He hasn't played yet this season, basically. So, yeah, there's a lot of players that uh, City still haven't even. Mares is not really come into the fold this season. Yeah, infinite I possibilities. Can keep going. So, yeah, I can keep going. Let's stop Zinchenko, talking about it before I Mendy. get sad. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of big players. Did you just that they say paid. Mendy? Isn't he still on City? Yeah, are you not aware of the allegations? Oh. He's been arrested and is currently, you know, not imprisoned. Mendy. Benjamin Mendy not for Mendy. Um, uh, accusations of alleged rape and sexual assault. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely not Benjamin Mendy. So let's leave that one there. <laughs> what game do you want to move on yeah, to next? Well, we can, uh, like we we can said, leave that at that. Yeah, all right. Let's let's. There's tons yeah, to talk let's about. go back to let's go to to Saturday morning, that early morning game that I'm pissed that I watched for the most part. Oh no, it was kind of eventful. Not no, not too eventful. no, no. Cristiano Ronaldo starting this. Cavani started. You know, United looked pretty good in that first half with Cavani. Cavani missed a couple of chances. Pickford made a nice save, but like overall, United missed a bunch of chances again in this one, and this I, I was a I was very, the, very I I was wounded Everton side. And I think I was, I think I was wrong. And I think Everton bo- should have won I said, two one. I said, yeah. I mean, De Gea made some, a couple amazing saves too. He seems to be back to his best. For me, he's been the best goalkeeper in the Premier League so far this season, and has really kept United from some embarrassments, like like you like you said from Everton winning in this. But Everton were were without their two best players. They didn't have Richarlison and Calvert Lewin. They also didn't have Andre Gomez in the midfield. You know, they were basically playing Damari Gray as a as like a striker slash center forward and No, it was Rondon. Rondon was like the target man right, center next forward. Next to Rondon and, and Townsend and on the with right. Damari and Gray next to him. Yeah. Gray on the left. All three of them but it was, were excellent. Like they were. They were I completely but, see you know, they why were playing he with plays their third. Rondon. Like I know Calvert Lewin's out injured, but when they when they brought him back, I think we mentioned it as part of the transfer like deadline day deals, but he just basically tells Ron, Ron Don, go out there, don't even bother with scoring goals. Just go be a nuisance, go push some people around, go win some, you know, long balls that, you know, head them down for Damari Gray or Townsend or DeCorey and let them do the running. And he's excellent at that. Like, he's not the same player he used to be at Newcastle or West Brom, but he's, you know, he's still 
kind of a nuisance, which for a game like this was was perfect. Do, should we mention Anthony Martial? I feel like we have to mention him because he's been shat on so often for months on end now that like yeah, he, I thought he played well in this credit. game. You know, took his took his chance well. I mean, in the first half, he was pretty much a ghost outside of the goal. He didn't think that, he did too much in build up. The Juan Bissaka cross, the one where Juan Bissaka like, dribbled saying, past though. someone. He didn't really do anything. He just missed that. He was involved. Other I'm saying and... when you say he's a ghost, it imp- implicates that he wasn't, you know, active or part of the game. But you know, he scored and had another decent chance, so he was getting in good positions at least. But yeah, Ronaldo scores that goal. I think Cavani had another but, good chance in the first yeah, a header. That Cavani had a great chance. Yeah, yeah so. that uh, that was a great save from Pickford. But you know. Uh, for United, this is this is Ole getting outcoached by by Benitez. I don't know why you don't start Ronaldo in this game. Maybe he can't play three games a week He's anymore. Thirty six. Yeah, you got to uh, save him from himself. Like I know, there's probably easier opponents you could choose to not play him in. But Everton at home. I mean, Cavani had a good record against them last year. He scored in like every competition that he played against them in, and I think in both Premier League fixtures. So. Starting him doesn't seem like the the, the biggest risk. No. no, but also, you know, Paul Pogba didn't start. He didn't really, wasn't really able to get in the game, nor was Ronaldo. They both came on kind of late in like the 70th minute. And I just didn't think that, you know, Benitez, like I said, he had a super depleted team. You know, I think they, they had injuries in their back line as well. Godfrey was playing right back. I just, I for me, Benitez, that was a masterclass from him to 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 go to Old Trafford and get a draw there. And you know, once he gets Richarlison and Calvert Lewin back, this Everton team are going to be a menace. You know, if they can go and do that for a full strength United team who had no injuries, what, what's there was a menace? no players out. Just just any team they play against, Manchester City, even Chelsea, they're they're going to give everyone a hard game, and and then teams like. Like Arsenal, like Wolves, like Leicester could easily lose to a team like Everton. So, you know, I think they'll give hard games to the teams that are going to make the top four. And then teams that are in like the five, six, seven, eight range, they're they're going to be able to beat a lot of those teams sometimes, you know, at home, things like that. So that's a new thinking European places that should be there. Possibly goal. if they Europa can keep League. this up. Yeah. But I, I think the depth isn't there. I mean, they made very few signings in the window. They spent like. Five million or six million, yeah. like they spent yeah, we, two we million on, on them for and those, free on those two signings in the window. So like they spent I don't, no money I don't on know Andrews how. Demari Gray, but yeah, but now they look like monstrous signings. Yeah. So, so that's some, yeah, that's some astute much business, there. if you ask me. But for me, you know, we got a United have a have a hard run of fixtures. They have away Leicester, um, then they play at home against Atalanta in the Champions League. Then they play at home against Liverpool, away Tottenham. Again, at Atalanta in the Champions League, at home against Manchester City. And then finally, I think their first like easy quote unquote game in the next six games is like Watford in November 20th. So from October, so if they just have a month of Leicester, Atalanta, Liverpool, Tottenham, Atalanta, City. Yeah, so that's, the week that Manchester City just had. Very interesting. Yeah. Manchester United are going to have their version of that week with the home Liverpool at Atalanta. I know it's not the same thing as PSG, but it's probably the toughest team in their Champions League group. And then, was it at Manchester City for the uh, the third? No, home with Man- home Manchester so, okay, City. Okay, so and the then two games against Liverpool, they have away Manchester Tottenham City in between that. are yeah. home at least. And away Tottenham, yeah. So that week, I think Manchester United fans ought to be kind of shitting themselves after watching 
that Manchester City Liverpool game on Sunday because the level that those two teams are at already, form wise, and the, just like the overall way they're playing. I know that's a few weeks away from now, but Manchester United are not anywhere near that level yet. So, and then and then just to put it into perspective, after that they have away Watford. Uh, which we'll get to them a bit later in this pod. And then they have another insanely hard week right after that. So right after they have that crazy week, then they have away via Real in the Champions League, away Chelsea, home Arsenal. So these next like month and a half for United is really going to be a, a, a make or break part of their season. You know, they're, they're, are they either going to make it out of the Champions League group in these next couple of months and propel themselves into top four or... You know, and right now, I don't know how confident I'd be in, in United if, you know, they had a pretty easy start to the season. And I feel like they've I mean, done they're, okay. They're in the same place, basically, as uh, Leicester City, Liverpool, or sorry, Manchester City and Liverpool. They're on the same amount of points as Manchester City and one behind Liverpool. So, yeah, I think it's just I think it's just time that they, you know, figure it the fuck out. Like, I think you can take something from the fact that Sancho, when he came on in the second half with Ronaldo, probably had his best performance so far in a Manchester United shirt. He looked very lively and Ronaldo seemed like he kind of wanted to strike we, up a, a we partnership. We have to mention Donny van de Beek, who didn't didn't get to come on in the Champions League win, didn't get to come on in this game at all. You know, threw his gum on the ground, was like kicking his water bottle, threw his like jersey on the ground. Yeah. I bet he's livid. He didn't he's get gotta get out of there. Summer. He's gotta get out of there. Yeah, he's gotta get the hell out of there. I feel bad for the guy. The guy was scoring in the freaking yeah, Champions United, League quarterfinals see, uh, a few years ago, and now he's sitting on the bench at United. Like, I don't know. I just thought he was better than that. Ole might have fucked that one up. He's he's another player that, you know, if a new manager did come in, I'm not suggesting they should fire Ole. I personally love the guy. He should stay around forever as long as possible. But if they did fire him, like a different, a, different, a, different, <laughs> a different manager could come in and probably get something from players like Vanderbeek and Sancho that, Solskjaer just w- w- is never going to get. Uh, I think there is a part of me that thinks like Solskjaer might not be the right sort of managerial fit for a player like Sancho. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, not 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 a great like week or so for Manchester United recently. Uh, and then let's let's move on here. Uh, the 10 a.m. games that week uh, on Saturday, uh, Burnley nil nil with Norwich. We knew that one wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be a good one. I don't know if anyone watched that one. Then we had Leeds one nil over Watford, seemingly back on track. Um, and Watford's manager, Cisco Munoz, 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 he got fired after that, which I did not see coming. You did not see coming. I mean, we did and we didn't. Like, if you were, if you, but like they're on seven points. You, they're doing, they're doing okay. If someone called you the night before and said one manager in the Premier League is going to get sacked tomorrow. You have to guess who it is. Like, you'd think it would have been him, right? Him or Farka, but... No, I would have thought Fark, yeah. That's who I would have thought. Like, oh, they're sitting with one point. Especially getting the point at Burnley. Like, I'm not saying that's a great result. Like, they probably should have done better. But Watford are just... They're even more more notorious for firing managers than Chelsea. That's, That's saying something. They, they're the kind of club that has consistently had like three managers in one season, like Chelsea. Well, they've brought in Claudio Ranieri, and I'm guessing that's why. You yeah, know, and they'll use Claudio him until back. January. We all love Claudio. They'll use him until January, and they'll fire him and bring in someone else. Big Sam. No. <laughs> 
you know, do you not notice that they go for a, a bit more of a, a European continental kind of manicure? You know, Javi Gracia, like usually Spaniards no, yeah, and Italians. Do, I know. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, the last game in that 10 a.m. slot that we're not going to talk about was uh, the Wolves' 2-1 win over Newcastle. Um, so good for them. They're they're up to nine points, and after their horrible start to the season, where they were, you know, uh, they had they had three, all three losses and no goals scored. They're now sitting on nine points and seemingly back on track. So good for them. Um, but let's talk about the. Chelsea 3-1 win over Southampton. You thought it was going to be a nervy one, Alex. It was a nervy one. I thought it was going to be easy for you guys, easier than than what it was. We both ended up being you right. 3-1 three, 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 ended up being, like I said, 2-0, so it ended up being the right I thought you said 3-1. Uh, spread. No, I said 2-0. Oh, okay. I said 2-0. Um, but it ended up being the right spread. Uh, but in, in the end, it was a nervy and, and a tight one. So wh- what did you think of your blues here, Alex? We didn't really talk about them that much last week. Were you? Uh, I, there was a lot of rotation in this game. It's a lot of the Champions League. You know, th- there was players like Alonso, like, you know, Chalaba starting, Callum Hudson-Odoi. Yeah. He started uh, Lukaku and, and Werner up top again the, the in the 3-5-2. Yeah, I've been, I've like been kind of waiting for probably the right time, and I guess for like more... Uh, you know, games to watch in a bigger sample size to to talk about this, but there's been something going on at Chelsea that you know some people may look at as just like oh, they're just not playing that well. But I'm kind of looking at it like there's a very steady and like well thought out like effort to bring in Lukaku in the best way possible for the team as a whole, while uh, you know still getting you know, somewhat of the best out of him. Like people are kind of forgetting, even though we're getting the results, the performances have not always been amazing. This game that, you know, most people would have expected Chelsea to win pretty easily. I I mean, I can bring up multiple, you know, biased reasons for why that didn't end up happening in the first half because of, you know, VAR decisions and stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is like, we just didn't put them away and, and until the Ward Prowse red card in the second half, it, it, it was, was a tight. Draw yeah, and, the, the Southampton yeah. switched their formation up from like the the four four two they had started with to a sort of matching us up with the three five two themselves, and they were able to press much better from that. We didn't create as many chances, but eventually the 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 quality out wide and obviously the the red card helped a lot. And that was an instance of good VAR, but. It, it shone through eventually with some like completely like completely out of the blue options like Ross Barkley coming on and playing a super like well pinged ball cross field in behind for Aspilicueta to cross to Werner and that was you know the eventual winner but you know Mason Mount coming on too also helped us get more uh, you know intelligent movement out in, like the oh line you guys areas. Mi- you guys missed Mason Mount so much yeah I, that was definitely one that. I think it's kind of a bit too basic to say like, oh, we didn't have Mason Mount for that uh, Juventus game or the Manchester City game because there's other things at play here other than that. But you know, you, you could tell the minute that he came back on as a sub. He's in the your, second he's half, your like, Emil Smith Rowe. You guys, you guys really need him to to link that that defense and that uh, that front line. But the the Lukaku know, he, he's Werner, that link between the, the two. The Lukaku Werner pairing. I know it didn't really do anything against Manchester City. That's a tough debut for that pairing. 
I'm not going to say they were excellent in, in the Southampton game, but you could see signs that they were starting to figure each other's movement and timing out a little bit more. Lukaku had an excellent backheel flick. I got to Timo I gotta Werner. Give Timo Werner, Werner like, I got to give Timo some some credit. He's been pretty good these last yeah, couple of still, games. Probably still, Chelsea's best player. Probably should have had two. The the goal that got chalked off. He should have had two, but you know half, what? That was bullshit. Like you said, he got really unlucky for that. I think it was like the, in the, around the 40th minute, he had a almost you know perfectly good goal chalked off. So he should have had a brace in this game. Unlucky not to, but you know I think that's that's. I think even against Manchester City, he was probably your most threatening player. So, for me, it's it's been a good few games for Timo Werner here, and he seems to have found some confidence next to Lukaku. And who knows, having a, a player like Lukaku next to you, learning from him, he's never played with someone like that. So maybe he'll he'll improve having someone like as good of a striker like that next to him and playing with him every week. So let's see uh, let's see if Chelsea keep playing this three five two. You know, for me, uh, Chilwell also getting back into the team. He also looked really good as well. You know, gave away um, a penalty to Tino Livermento. But, you know, other than that penalty, yeah, but, people may focus on that. He was still pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Scored a beautiful goal. The 3-1 goal that was given by the, the goal line technology. His Go check that out again. Like his form on that is underrated. He's at a really crazy angle and he has to swivel his body all the way around and get his form like right on right on point and pulled it off like perfectly. Something that Marcus Alonso would do, actually. So we've got two left backs that can do that. How do you like them apples? <laughs> all right, Alex, no more Chelsea talk. We can hit on this uh, Arsenal Brighton real quick. It was uh, an eventful nil-nil with, I'd say, numerous chances for Brighton, a couple of chances for Arsenal, and just overall, uh, I'd say I'm I was very happy with the draw from the game because Arsenal no, didn't deserve anything, and Brighton I'm sure are kicking themselves because their record against this is not very good, and this is they they had they were they had this game you know to win. Is they, that true? They've only ever won once against Arsenal. So but yes. they've gotten draws against you guys before. Lots, yeah, they've gotten draws, but okay. I mean, they should have won. I, yeah. I know they didn't have you know that many shots on target, but they had a million good had chances in the target, first half. Yeah, no, it was just they just missed a bunch of like like and then semi the, chances the and like glancing the headers half. and stuff. That right. wasn't a shot, but that was that was going to fall to Malpai, I think, and he was just going to tap it in. So that, even though it doesn't officially count as a save, that's that basically has the same impact. So Ramsdale was monstrous. So was the center backs, uh, Ben White and and Gabriel. Yeah. yeah, they both just defended their asses off the entire game. You know, Odegaard. As much as I praised him against Tottenham, he was uh, mediocre in this game. You know, he lost the ball a lot in midfield wasn't as impressive in the pressing department. Um, and, you know, he came off in like the 65th minute. Once he came off and we brought on eventually Lacazette, um, took off Aubameyang, who also in this type of game against physical center backs and a player as physical as, and it surprised us how good Cucurella was in that first half, but he completely tore tried to tell us him. to shreds tried to from tell him. the first minute to the 90th minute. Cucurella was just... Cucarella, because it's not Cucarella. Cucarella was just, yeah, he was amazing. He was Brighton's best player, and uh, you guys got to watch him for the rest of the season because I'm sure he'll be snapped up in a year or two the the way that he's playing. Yeah, I, I I don't take too much in this game because I think Arsenal were caught a little bit off guard in the midfield in, in terms of 
the physicality the, that Brighton brought, no, like the way were that they were pushing guard. us around. Don't try to play this off like, you know, Brighton came out of nowhere. Brighton have been playing well this season. This was to be expected, even with, you know, their midfield, you know, a little short staff. You're going to hate this, Alex, but we missed Granit Xhaka a lot in this game. Oh, yeah, but do, do you know the, why, in, Javier? Last season, I can tell you why you missed Xhaka in this game. Because you played, you tried to play Sambi like a Xhaka. You tried to play him as sort of like the more defensive-minded midfielder who drifts wherever uh, there needs to be. Like when Tierney will bomb forward, he'll drift into left back, basically. And he got like caught out there for random reasons. Yeah, he got, he got and Brighton just pulled there, the yeah, system apart times, with their yeah. movement and interchanging of players. And Sambi looked just like ends a headless chicken like, in the first half. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a reason for that. It's not his fault. He's just following orders. But it's a shitty way to play anyway. You should just be playing with, you know, two midfielders play either two midfielders playing in zones like left center midfield and right center midfielder where they can trade players off a bit more or commit to having one of Sambi and or Partey playing in that one sitting role while the other goes forward and helps with the press. You guys don't help yourself. You, you don't press teams. You let them get to midfield well, and then you well, start defending. Well, what I was going to say is once Lacazette came on, I mean, we absolutely dominated the game from that point on the the the, the look of the game completely changed and that. i wish I don't think there was ever a point where I wish you guys were dominating as i was watching the game no, we I were in, in possession in posi- the, the last 15 minutes every every time we got like lock lock is at the ball he was able to hold up the ball I, I and bring I, the other I just, attackers in. i just was watching it thinking and it was Brighton it was just playing really well different. here if anyone's going to win this it's going to be them and like and just the way they defended as well dan burn was a fucking monster that dude is scary when he's on like six, also I don't six. I don't know if you remember but the the best chance of the game was Arsenal's with what, Emil, Emil Smith throws one v one and yeah absolutely I mean, he fucked up and he didn't play the, the pass he should have he could have just rolled the pass into and yeah, for an easy tap it, in so. for Nico I thought the best Pepe. chance of the game was the Dan Burn header that he put just over but oh well I mean it's that's definitely not the best chance Alex the, the other one was a one v one at your feet headers are not easy to score. Yeah, but, that's why even players but like Cristiano the, the Ronaldo will get four or five headers in a game and they'll finally score the, one. The chances that ended up, or the chance that ended up happening in that uh, Smith Rowe chance, instead of squaring it, he takes it out wider, closes the angle, and then puts it straight at Sanchez. So, didn't end up being like that good of a chance. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think you guys, you you, you kind of learned that taking the positives i'll go glass half full for you guys you can learn that your defense can go away in tough conditions and keep a clean sheet against like when you're kind of under the cosh yeah again that's four four premier league games we've conceded one goal and that's since the the our first choice back line so as much as you can shit on arsenal for those first three games we it the the players that have been playing in these last four games where we've conceded one goal only one of those players was playing in that back line and that was tierney you know ben white had COVID, Tomiyasu wasn't in the team, and Gabrielle was injured. So none of these players, Tomas wasn't playing. Like this is a completely different Arsenal team. I said that that was going to be completely different, and I think we've seen that now. Like you said, there's a little bit of grit now to this Arsenal team. Ramsdale's for me, he's been he's been amazing for us these these you know last four games. Basically, since he broke into the team and he's kept all these clean sheets, we've conceded one goal. Leno must be looking around over his shoulder thinking, I got to get out of here. So Over his shoulder, looking straight well, ahead uh, of him because he's sitting on the bench yeah. watching Ramsdale you know, right. get clean sheet after clean sheet. But yeah, we don't need to talk anymore about Arsenal. We've got, we've got a few more games we want to hit on uh, from Sunday. Crystal Palace uh, had a 
nice comeback against against Leicester City two two. Um, that that was a a fun one. There was a lot of good games actually. Uh, Tottenham had their bounce back game. I called that one, Alex. I told you that they wouldn't. You know, you you thought Villa were gonna win two nil. They Tottenham could have won this one three or four one. They Villa were just not at it this game. Villa did not play well in this one, and I was disappointed with them. I thought that they would take the game a little bit more to Tottenham, but Tottenham, Nuno for the most part, got the the tactics right. He did everything that I said that I wanted. He just started, he did start Eric Dyer, but he started Romero next to him, and Dyer actually looked okay when he had Romero next to him. Um, but he started the the skip, Hoiberg, uh, and Umbele midfield, and then uh, Mora, Kane, and Son up top. And they looked a lot better throughout the entire game with, with that lineup. Um, Harry Kane didn't get his goal, but he had a few few chances and you, you, he's going to get one soon he's not playing well but Mora and Son were were I think fantastic the entire game and Son, Son right now is just willing this Tottenham team to to do anything right now you know the fact that they're only four points off the top when I think they've been pretty you know they just lost three straight games and weren't looking good at all is purely down to human Son because Harry Kane hasn't scored so Right now, Tottenham, for them to be in the position they're at with how bad their season has gone so far, and people were even like thinking of calling for Nuno's head, I think this is that this is a pretty big result that they can breathe a sigh of relief going into the international break and kind of get a, a mental reset here. Um, you know what? Anything you want to say about this fuck game, Alex? both these teams. <laughs> yeah, fuck them both. I, I trusted you, Villa. I'm off the Villa hype train. Fuck you, you, Villa. See, no, Javier, I'm not, I'm not going to jump off as quickly as you. Because I think I think Villa may just think to themselves like we're we're not going to play the five three two every week. They're probably just thinking now it's a weapon that we have that we can take out of our back pocket and know that we can buckle down defensively and have good performances against top teams. But for certain teams, uh, you gotta you, you gotta be able to cause more of an attacking threat and have more of a a foothold in midfield and further up the field. So. I think they kind of missed uh, Emmy Buendia and a bit more width. You know, they, Buendia was on the bench. He was on the bench. He came bl- on eventually for, for Ramsey. Or so you can't you can't blame. I think it was the tactics. That's I what was I'm saying. I'm just saying. I think set up with I think the, you kind of learned from this. Back. Like maybe yeah. you don't play five at the back. I agree. Every top I agree. team, like a team like Spurs, I think were there Tottenham, for the taking. Dyer they was were there playing. for the taking. Absolutely, they, he was. They could have attacked them more, and I I was disappointed with it. I would have liked to see Buendia or Traore start in this and you know they play more of a an attacking threat I think like you said uh, Dean Smith's so far shown to be a pretty good manager so let's see if he learns from this and when they come back from the international break if they line up again with that 3-5-2 or if he he goes back to 4-3-3 you know maybe Leon Bailey he wasn't on the bench in this last game but I'm sure once he comes back in the fold until after the international they're gonna want to they're they're gonna want to bring him into the team somehow so I I I doubt he's gonna stick with the 3-5-2 you're right I'm not completely off the Villa hype train Alex I'm just I'm disappointed in them too because we were hyping them up, and I mean, I said a, a draw would be a good result, but honestly, like Tottenham deserved the win here, and uh, they 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 outplayed Villa, so good on them for for turning it around a little bit there. They also scored five goals in their conference league game. Maybe that's what gave them a little bit of confidence too. Also, uh, do you think it's a coincidence that as soon as Deli Alley gets dropped and a more hardworking defensive player like Oliver Skip comes in, like 
the rest of these players like Hoiberg and uh, and Dombele and and others are just you know freed to go forward and attack, and there's actually someone there. Also, the uh, Emerson Royale finally had a had a pretty good game for Tottenham. You know, I was calling for him to start too. And who's that? I thought Na- Emerson Emerson Royale, the uh, oh, the left back. He's from, been uh, starting. He's been dog shit. <laughs> no, he's been yeah no, but I'm saying he finally had a decent game for them. Oh yeah, he d- he came off the bench in 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 their last game. He hasn't been starting for them. I think that was his first start. No, he started against Palace and against Chelsea. He got destroyed, and then started against you guys as well. I think he's been dog shit, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not holding it against him. It's his first, it's a baptism of fire. He had two London derbies and well yeah three London derbies, and now a game against a very good Aston Villa team. But yeah, he he obviously turned it around in this game. So uh, yeah, good signs for Tottenham. But you know I don't trust it for no, a second. T- 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 I don't trust t- Tanganga it. started all those games, Alex. No, Tanganga maybe started. A, oh, you know what? Emerson Royale came on for him in the Crystal Palace game because he got when he got sent off. Right. The only game that he started was against Chelsea. You're right, but that was his first start, and he got destroyed. But he hasn't started the other games. He didn't start against Arsenal either. Tanganga he came on for Tanganga at halftime. All right. Well, no, Tanganga got sent off against Palace. Right. <laughs> so yeah, he came off. He came on whenever that happened. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I don't trust it for any of them. Like, yes, it's a good thing that they've that Nuno came to his senses on Deli Alley, but you know, there's still a couple players here, and Dombele, Eric Dyer. But this they was could, the first have, time like, that you, you felt now. like they could. No, I know, Kane but this is the first time that you felt like outside of like, the conference. League. Yeah, but Tottenham, Tottenham, it felt like Tottenham had control of this game, and. It, it uh, they snuffed out a, v- a very good Villa team. I don't know. I give them some some. I thought they would bounce back in this. I give them credit for doing it, and you know I'm not like hyping them up right now, but I think they're in an okay place right now. I think they are. They're not going to be too unhappy going into the into the break. Last game to hit on here: West Ham losing to Brentford Gods. Alex getting a 94th minute winner away at West Ham Brentford a team are just that we've making been you feel better and better about yourself praising. they are week every week. week every week i'm just like ah you guys see you guys see it's not everyone everyone else is going to have, gonna have trouble ch- with Javier. Brentford too we'll, we'll put that to bed bzz, bzz. yeah you you have a you have a, you have a trip with Brentford right after the international yeah. break let's see how chelsea see do see how there. they fare with uh, romelu lukaku but what I mean, what do you think of this, Alex? You were watching this game, weren't you? West Ham weren't were were not very good. Brentford were really good again. Probably deserved the win, right? Like, it, it's tough to say. It's it's one of those like crazy Premier League games where there's you know good chances for both sides, but but overall the thing that made it entertaining was just the tempo and end to end nature of the game like both teams trying to win the ball back off of each other as the other one was trying to transition and create you know attacks for themselves it just made for super uh, interesting viewing but yeah i'd say probably on the, the balance of it like the the partnership that tony and embuemo have is just it's so fun to watch like it, it's it, it it gives me hope for Lukaku and Timo Werner because I'm like if these two guys can figure this out in a three five two, with you know a pretty solid defensive team behind them, it's it's not like completely dissimilar to what I like aspire to for you know at certain lineups of my Chelsea team. So it, yeah, what, what did you think of of Moyes making no changes? <laughs> he just 
didn't just make any substitutions. But like, it, just didn't thing, bring though. on Lanzini for, or Vlasic or like Masuaku or Yarmolenko. I don't, for like, most you don't of the second half, you have to be fair. They they were you know pushing their way back into it. Like they they were probably they did. their the, last twenty minutes. The last twenty minutes they they showed that they were probably the better team overall. Because you're right, they. No, they pushed see, I'm, back I'm not into saying that. Like I'm just saying the in the second half, win. West Ham were down one nil. They were at home. They were, they were, you know, naturally as Brentford were also kind of playing, trying to push their way back into it, and they eventually get the equalizer. This was the uh, the first time that the uh, four Danish players were on the pitch at the same time uh, at the end of a of a Premier League win. Great fact. Okay. Yeah, Brentford have four had four Danish players at the uh, five the if you count the coach. Con- Continuing, continuing the uh, the Danish run from the uh, from the Euros. I think all of those players were in the Euro squad. So I don't know if they played very much, but oh, good form. Switch, slight Danish aside, but your uh, your boy Joachim Anderson made a awful, awful mistake that led directly to the first Leicester City goal. Just wanted you to know, in case you were wondering why Palace conceded two, it was because of your favorite player, not because of Mark Gahey, not because of my favorite center back. It was your guy's fault. All right, it's a partnership, Alex. It was both no, no, of their Javier, faults. No, no, Javier, when you go watch it, you'll understand what I mean, because you obviously haven't seen it. <laughs> no, I haven't he's, seen he's it. He's standing but, uh, inside you know his own half, right, and then he just gives the ball away to Ian Aksho, and Ian Aksho runs it and scores. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> but yeah, Danish players, they're coming up. But yeah, I think that about that about sums it up. Do you have anything else you want to add here, Alex? Anything else you want to talk about? So if You guys are so top if Arsenal, going into the international if Arsenal break. Are, are you back, happy, no, Alex? Javier, hear me out here. If Arsenal are back... Like you're back on your bullshit of like, you know, Arsenal can get, you know, top six, top four, whatever bullshit, bullshit. Uh, then, you know, are like our wolves back, you know, since they have like nine points now, like, can they get top wolves four? Are back. They're, they're, they're back. Wolves are back. No, no, they're not going to get top yeah, four. See, but, but that's how ridiculous Jimenez, it sounds Jimenez when you is say back. it. <laughs> Jimenez is back. Huang is firing. Bruno Lage won the league in Portugal. Why can't he get them into top four? Come on. Not top four, but maybe like top. But I'm, I'm just like saying that's what it something. sounds like to me when you're like, "Oh, Arsenal, maybe we can get top four this year." Not top four, but like I think we could get fifth. I think it's unreasonable. Yeah, see, but if I let my you have dad, fifth, Javier, listen, you'll guys, be pushing listen, for guys. fourth in no time. You're right, Alex. But <laughs> I'm going to take uh, my an dad NRA made a bet. My dad no. made a hundred dollar bet with me, and this is the easiest hundred dollars I'm ever going to win. <laughs> by the way, hundred dollar bet with me that Arsenal finish in the bottom half of the table. He thinks we're finishing 11th or lower. And what would you stand to lose if that actually happened? $100. It's oh, just $100, $100 straight oh, up. Okay. 100 each. Yeah. He just gave me even odds on that. I said, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree that. with you there. You guys aren't finishing bottom half. But, you know, when you're ninth with three games to play, you're going to be. He thinks like really Leeds nervous. and Brentford are going to finish above us. Yeah. Oh, God, Alex, that'd be so horrifying. Can you imagine that? Right, watch you like have no, to play Chelsea, and we have a chance to like keep you in the bottom half. <laughs> all right, make sure you predict us to lose next week or draw, so that we can get the win, Alex. All right, no more of this predicting yeah, us from the win. You like bullshit. that? My, my you reverse jinxed us. You reverse, yeah, reverse positive resulted us. You fuck. All right, let's wrap this bitch up. Well, we've gone a lot longer than we uh, usually do, but you know it's an international break. Sue us. Uh, we're going to be back a little bit later in the week, probably over the weekend. We're going to do the continental catch-up that uh, had technical difficulties last time. 
we're going to do that, uh, I guess, over the weekend to be released. It's finally coming. It's week. finally yeah, coming. We'll talk about some Champions League that's been happening so far and favorites for the competition. I predicted Milan to win the league in the earlier pod that got lost, by the way, guys. And it's not now that I'm I'm going to be saying no, no, we, we, we burned the tapes. On. There's no proof. You uh... Fuck you, Alex. You know I said it. <laughs> to be fair, we still have your recording if you want to go uh, search through that. But yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening to this uh, slightly longer. Jesus, I'm sorry we went 50 minutes here. Episode. Yeah, yeah. It's there a was lot. a lot to talk about. We we you know we teased that at the beginning. We said there was going to be a lot. You can follow us on social media at JavierRev9 for Javier's Twitter account, at ASMoss92 for my Twitter and Instagram, at GhostGoldPod for the podcast socials. And if you're listening on a podcast app that allows you to rate and review episodes or podcasts, please go ahead in your app right now apple podcasts spotify whatever you're using please it would be a big favor to us if you guys went gave us a five-star review whatever the equivalent is left us a little note support hate jokes whatever i don't care the more action the more chance there is for you know new uh viewers to or listeners not viewers for new listeners to go ahead and uh, find the pod. So enjoy the international break. There's some uh, crunch World Cup qualifiers coming up for uh, the USA and Peru. Uh, so we're going to be looking out for that. And until next time, see ya.